I pray those that you're that that you are in connection with today in this service that you feel the love from them and most importantly that by the end of this message that somewhere somehow that the Lord speaks to you and reminds you how much he loves you because I believe that's the key to what we are as a church is that we understand God's love which we're going to talk about a little bit today and then that we turn around and we express that love to each other um, I, because a lot of times our love's a little messed up you know um, we talk about and Debbie and I talk about people I mean we do I mean don't act like y'all don't you just don't want to say it out loud I don't mind saying it out loud we talk about people and a lot of times when we're having a conversation about people, we just have to say, you know what? There's just something perverted about how they're trying to do that, how they're trying to love. And that's, you know, perverted is a word that we use to go, oh, my gosh, that's horrible. No, no, that just means it's just a skewed understanding of love. It's perverted in some way or another. It's, it's shadowed. It's shaded. It's, it's marked by something. Um, I remember... Prior to contacts, I'd wear readers, and when I'd put my readers on, if they were, I mean, I couldn't stand scratches. The worst thing to me are fingerprints. And Debbie reads through readers with horrible fingerprints on them. I, I borrow her readers, and I'm, oh, my gosh, and I have to get something and clean them. I'm just, oh, my gosh, how do you do that? Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I mean, she'll lay her phone down in the middle of the turn. I'll be driving. I go, oh, my gosh. I guess I got to clean the face of the thing, lay it back down there. So uh, I realize I have a purpose, okay? <laughs> so uh, so we, we, we can so many times, I think, miss the fact that some, our understanding of love may be a little bit skewed, a little bit perverted or uh, um, scarred or marked or shaded or or a, a tint off of what the purity of God's love and for us is so we're going to talk I, I want to talk about I, I would title what I'm going to deal with tonight today uh, and I'll say today I'll talk some about tonight we're going to sort of go through some thoughts um, what's your plan look like that's basically what I'm going to look like. Because I believe God's called us to live a life of freedom, a life free in Him, a life where we've been set free, a life where we understand what it is, to what His love is and what it is to be loved by Him and how to express that love to others. And so, so what I'm after today is for us to get to the point that we understand that we all have a plan. We, I mean, just like I said a while ago, and jokingly got the response, you know, that I was expecting. Debbie and I talk about people. <laughs> no, no. We talk about people. And, and we do it in a purpose, in a focus to try to understand them, not in a negative way. We, we discuss people. We discuss people and their circumstances, their struggles. We, her family's big enough. We talk about them all day and everyone I talk to. My one sister's enough trouble to talk about all day and not have enough trouble. So, oh, that didn't work. Yeah, that went bad again. Um, but, but like we all have family and like we all talk, we all have a plan. It's innate. 
with a free will, and that will drives us and makes us, uh, we wake up in the morning, most of us, with some kind of plan, probably go to bed at night. I'm bad at, like, planning tomorrow, tonight. I mean, I'll, 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 I'll do all my planning for tomorrow, tonight. I may actually have planned two weeks' worth of work already. I got them scheduled and everything, and, and then things mess that up, but I'm, I'm, I'm aware you got to be flexible when you plan, right? Uh, I say that because I'm asking you what your plan looks like, and I don't know if you've thought about it, but but I believe the struggle for most is to believe God knows, loves, and cares about me, about us, to really embrace not a theological term, but a but a but a personal intimate relationship term. God wants to deeply and personally love us. But we were all created to experience, I mean, and, and seriously, we're all, I'll say this before the but, we were all created to experience his life, but we think a lot of times and live as if it's this random experience of life when in truth it's not random at all. God wants to make it a purposeful life. A life where we experience him daily and we express him daily to those who need it. Psalm 1 verse 6 makes this statement. It says, and I am certain. I am certain. So this is Paul talking to the church of Philippi. He says, I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So, so Paul is telling us here, and he is trying to say to us here, something very important. You think, this is, I'm going to put it in my, so, so I read the New Living Translation. I'm gonna, now going to read to you the, 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 the Wookiee translation. Okay. You think this life is all random occurrences that lead to something, some random end. But God is at work in you and will continue that work in you till you see Jesus face to face. I've told y'all, I think, the story about me leaving at 18 and going to South, uh, South Louisiana and starting to work on the oil field down there. And how, what a nightmare that was. That's where I actually surrendered my life back to Christ. Uh, that was where I finally said, if you just give me back home. I don't know if you've ever had a place that squeezed, like like grapes that squeezed the sour out of you. I mean, I, I had the sour squeezed out of me down there, buddy. I, I, I was at a point where I thought, I mean, literally, uh, if I would have ever done something to myself, ever, it would have been because I had to stay down there long. That, that, that's how bad it was, the environment. The people, the relationships, the, 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 the motives involved, everything that was happening down there was horrible. But the good news is I had a mom at home who prayed, and she prayed for me. She went to my youth, my ch- my youth pastor one time, and I think, I think I told you all about this. And he said, yeah, I know him, and I prayed for him. I said, okay, okay. So she was trying to get in contact with me. He said, you know, I, I, I've done everything I could. Uh, and he was truthful in that. He, he became the guy that I, I got saved under. 
fall into ministry under, he ended up moving close to the college that I went to in South Florida. I would travel back and forth on weekends staying at Get very close to him. He's not our friend. Uh, he's with Jesus. Um, but I say all that to say that in that moment where I was getting squeezed like I was, I prayed that prayer and said, God, if you really care about me, can you get me out of this? I don't ever want to be here again. Can you get me out of this? If you get me out of this, I'll do anything you want me to do. And, and he did. He got me back home. Literally got me home. I didn't I didn't really know that week if I'd make it back home. That's how bad it was. And he got me back. And from that day forward, I, I put him I put him up first in everything but with his kids. There may have been an occasion in that period of time where I unintentionally moved something over and didn't honor him, but it wasn't intentional to not honor him. I tried my best to honor him from that day forward. And so to be completely honest, every once in a while, I still have those moments where I wonder, why did God give her to me? about me. And the more I'm around people, the more, more I do ministry, the more I get out in the workplace and do the things I'm doing now, the more I realize that really and truly we're all asking the same question. We're all looking for the, at this thing in the same way. God, why do you care so much? Why would you care so much? I mean, uh, uh, and a lot of times that's, and we're going to see this in the scripture in just a second, a lot of times that's affected by what we've experienced in life. Amen. So if we haven't been loved correctly, if a perverted love has been expressed to us, we think that's what we're going to get. Because that's all we've got. So I'm going to go to Paul Harvey. Who, does anybody remember Paul Harvey? Oh, okay. If those of you who don't know Paul Harvey, go try to find him. He's, it's a great piece. And he'll tell a story and then he'll say the rest of the story. Let me give you one of those facts. A true story, actually. Paul Harvey told a true story. There was a man named Dan Cummings who owned a bait and tackle shop on the Florida West Coast. He had a son named Daniel who, after graduating from high school, began to act again. One night, he didn't come home, and Dan got a call that he had been arrested. This was six weeks after his graduation. 18-year-old Daniel, who had become addicted to cocaine, had stole a rifle and traded it to a drug dealer for drugs and was now caught. He pleaded guilty, but because there was a firearm involved that had gone missing that wasn't accounted for, Florida law required a very stiff penalty on him. The judge sentenced Daniel's, um, Dan's son, Daniel, to 10 years without a possibility of parole. Now, why would I tell that part of the story? Because I call this our plan of faithfulness. Our plan of faithfulness. What's your plan of faithfulness? We all got a plan of faithfulness. We all got one. So I call this our faithfulness, our, our, our plan of faithfulness. Why don't we always try our plan of faithfulness? Right? Why, why don't we just surrender to God's plan? Well, because we got a plan. You know what I mean? We got a plan. And so the simple answer is Proverbs 14, 12 says there's a plan 
there's a path actually, but I'll use the word plan. There's a path, that's our plan, the path is our plan. There's a path before each person that saves lives, but it ends in death. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is vanity. There's a way that seems right to a man. Now, my plan, my plan's right. My plan's good. It's solid. But the end thereof is vanity. There's a story. I tell that about Dan and give you that story about him and his son. Because there's a story much like that in Luke chapter 15. And I want to lay out that, that story for you. Talk about that story in Luke chapter 15. If you've got your Bible, you go to verse 18 and pick up on the story. This is about a young man. Is there anybody named Johnny? Okay, so we're going to call this child Johnny. I didn't want to call him that. I didn't want you to go, Peter, stop calling me. No, no. So there's no Johnny here, so we're going to call him Johnny. I like to get names and characters in the scripture because I think it's important to have a, you know, we can't get our name in the scripture. So. So Johnny here, this young guy who thought his plan was an awesome plan, say amen. He ends up squandering his entire inheritance that his, his father had and that he had requested. His father gave to him and he takes off and he lives this wild, crazy life. He ends up spending everything he's got on this wild living in property. Let me just throw that out there. He just blew everything. Um, and, and, and then in the middle of all of his excitement, all these friends, all this wild living, all the things that he was doing, he runs out of money and a famine hit. Sounds like South Louisiana to me almost. I mean, can you imagine how he felt in that moment? Can you imagine? I mean, it's hard to imagine having been raised in a situation where that I don't, I, I can't answer to you immediately what the conditions were in his home prior to him receiving that inheritance and leaving. I don't have a back story. I have a forward story that we'll talk about. But it may have been a case to where that he just felt shit. He felt unloved. Maybe he felt like he was unappreciated. Maybe he felt like he deserved more. Maybe he felt like every one of us feel when we have our family. runs out of food, runs out of transportation needs, and finds himself in a pig pen wondering, I wonder if that's it. Because his family is here. Now look, I'll talk about this in a second, but man, God's good at messing up a family. Amen. God will be good at a mess of planning right up. I'm telling you. I know it. I know it personally. I've experienced what it is, how God mess up a plan. I had this plan. I mean, I've had plenty of plans. I'm a planner. And I find that whenever it's my plan, it'll start messing up. And if I start realizing it's messing up, I'll back out of that plan and say, Dude, say amen. The catch is knowing when, when, when he's interrupting, knowing when he's messing it up, knowing when it's my plan, not his plan. So, 
he then speaks to himself. The scripture actually uses the phrase, he comes to his senses and reasons. It doesn't take a lot of reason to even speak to his senses. He reasons. Even my father's hired hands have enough to eat. I know what I'll do. So, so real quick, I'm going to read these two verses to you, 18 and 19. Then we're going to talk about this. He says, I'll go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Let me, please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father. So here's a couple of quick thoughts, and then I'm going to get to four things I want you to see in this out of this. A couple of quick thoughts. His plan was happy when he left home and went wild. Amen? You agree? His plan was happy even when he reasoned. See, this is what we might think back on. Y'all might think it's just this time. But his plan was even happy when he reasoned, I know what I'll do. Because that was still his plan. I mean, even though God was squeezing the dollar out of him, it was still his plan. I want you to hear that because our plan is always a bad plan when compared to God's plan. what your plan looked like. What, what if he reasoned will make life special, easy, good, perfect, what, uh, uh, better, uh, 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 more, more enjoyable? What, what is the plan that you're working right now? Because we all have plans. What's your plan? Your plan is always a bad plan when compared to God's plan. Because if it's not God's plan, you're going to get messed up. Here's your fact. God will mess up your plan to get you to see this one. Which takes me back to that verse. I want to give you a piece of truth. I call these tendencies we exhibit. Tendencies that we exhibit when we're formulating our plan. Let me give you four things I see in this scripture. These are tendencies that we exhibit that we kind of show when we're formulating our plan. So we all got a plan. We all live out our plans and the synchronous is surrendered to God's plan. And so if you you have a plan that you're thinking of right now, I just want you to take a minute and as we go through these, if any of these four fit in there, there's possibly it's your plan that you're dealing with. You need to think about that. So real quick, the first one says this. The first, the first thought right here is this. It's in verse 18. Notice he says, I will go home to my father and say, so the first tendency is this. We tend to think we can control our plan. We tend to think we have control of our plan. We can control it. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to my father and say. Now, I, I say that because so you, you, you may think you're in control. You may be dominating the conversation with your father right now. Which I, I mean, because that's what his plan was. He was going to go back and he was going to dominate the conversation. He was going to tell his father exactly what all had happened and how he messed up all this. And look, I've heard this preached many ways, so I know I'm messing around with the prodigal right now in a story you've probably heard all your life. I don't want you to take a negative approach towards the prodigal. The way God worked in him, brought him back, is key. But I'm talking about his plan right now, and you'll see this as we go through it. So we tend to think that we can control our plan. He I mean, even you, while you sit there, I'll, do, I'll say this to the Father. I'll say this to God. I'll say this. I, God, I'll do this. I'll do this. Uh, listen, 
Back whenever I did that 18, I didn't know I'd be standing here. But I don't know where I'll be standing six months from now because I'm not in control of that either. You understand what I'm talking about? Well, I'm screened to him. We surrender to his plan. We, we may be at a point where, uh, I mean, even this morning, if God's talking to you and speaking to you, the day is coming when you, you'll have to literally shut up and listen. When we go to the Father on His terms, and He has the right to that. That's a little uncomfortable in this day and time, but that's a fact. He's God. You're not. You submit to Him. He doesn't submit to your plan. For many, it could be your image of a father that causes you to think of a father as harsh and painful. I, I understand that, but but it can't be the reason you avoid the conflict of listening to the Father's plan. Because it's going to be conflict to hear His plan. It's going to be a conflict within you because you've got a plan. And you don't want to get to the point that you're considering eating the cake now. So just listen to it. For many, that image of the Father may be harsh. But hear this. Your heavenly I mean, I wrote this down. I, consideration to us, but yet we have to know that He is the Father and to submit to Him. So we tend to think we can control our plan. I wish you would. Then like most of us, we plan to say this. So watch this. Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. That sounds like a great statement. I mean, I love the whole ground behind it, but we tend to overreact when we talk about our plan. We'll overreact and put dramatic Talk about their plan, and I realize, ooh, 
What if the earthly father in this story would have said, yes, you got it. He didn't let him tell his whole spiel, and it ended up about time you woke up. Amen? And what if he had done that? Uh, that's what he expected because he had a poor view of his father. Undoubtedly had a poor view of his father. I, I believe he had a poor view of his father because even though he left with his inheritance and he comes back, we see the storyline further as you, as you see what happens when he comes back that we'll talk about. But undoubtedly, him planning his plan the way he planned it and the words he developed to deliver his plan tell me that he felt like there was a good chance that his father was going to react to him. And what in the world did he react to him? All I know to tell you is that the father answered that very
There's an announcement. There's a snow coming. Amen. Amen. Grocery store shut down. Here he is. He's been in this place long enough and hungry enough that while he's feeding the pigs, he's wondering how their food is coming. You think he's expecting that? I'm going to say this again. The unexpected God show is messing up our He has experienced some unexpected moments in our Can you see this boy looking at his father, running towards him, and turning to see his father coming after his father?
Thank you. 
Let's just believe God for him. 